Welcome to another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast with Eric and Jolene Engel, where Eric and Jolene answer marriage questions for believers, looking at the root of the problem instead of the symptom, always while applying God's wisdom and word for a Christ-centered marriage. Hi, my name is Eric Engel, and I'm here with my beautifully talented wife, Jolene Engel, for another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Hey, by the way, I'm going to say something new that we've never said before, and it goes like this. If you like this podcast, make sure that you subscribe and please leave a rating and review so your brothers and sisters in the Lord can find this resource faster and have the marriage that God intended. How was that? Excellent. Cool stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. So remember to rate and review. It's not for us. Okay. We don't really care if you listen or not. We hope you do. But uh, the more that uh, you rate and review, then the farther it goes out to those who can really use this help. So what do we have going on today? We have a, our, we're continuing in our series of um, encouraging him to lead, encouraging your husband to lead. We talked about the 14 reasons why a husband's not leading his home. And one of them was he, he doesn't know how. He didn't have a, a dad or godly role models. And so he's left with this huge task of leading a family without, you know, really any any way to be equipped in doing it. So that is the crux of today's show. Okay, so I have to be honest that, uh, you know, we started this podcast and I kind of screwed it up because <laughs> I didn't go in the right direction. The premise is is of a, a guy that wants to lead, but he doesn't know how, right? We're not talking about a guy who doesn't want to lead. Correct. Okay. So if that's the case, by the way, we actually went out and had dinner and came back and we're going to make this right. But uh, tell me a little bit more about your thoughts on that. If you have a guy that wants to lead, uh, I guess the first thing I want to clarify is that he has to have a heart to lead. Because if he doesn't have a heart to lead, then it's not going to make any difference. It's kind of like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Isn't that, is that saying? Yes. Okay. Well, okay. So let me use myself as an example way back when before we got married. Okay. And uh, you, I knew you were going to ask me to marry you. Right. And... You know, yeah, I obviously I was going to say, yes, I'm in love. I want to marry you. But when you asked me, I totally freaked out. And I, I freaked out because I didn't know how to be a godly wife. You know, I was just learning how to be a godly woman at that, at that point. Right. So the idea of learning how to be submissive or, or we could use the word following you, I mean, that... That in itself is an act of God to have me do that, <laughs> you know, okay. for, for, for me to lay down my, my warrior sword and my leader side right. and to follow. It was just like that, that right there is a miracle. And it's just like, how do I do that? What does that look like? So you were this guy on the gal side, basically. I, I was, you know, and, you know, I didn't fully know what does respecting your husband look like and i knew nothing about the domestic side of managing a home i mean those three things right there submitting respecting and and managing the home it was like me and oil and water it's like how how am i going to do this but my heart was willing 
okay? Okay. And so that that's really the key. You have to have a willing heart. I I had to learn how to follow like Jesus, and the, the, this husband has to learn to lead like Jesus. But the heart, if the heart wants to do these things, I mean, Jesus will transform the heart, any heart that's willing. So that's the premise of this guy. He He loves the Lord. He loves his wife. But he's like... I got nothing. <laughs> you know, how do I do this? Well, and he might not admit to his wife that he's got nothing. Right. I mean, I could remember, I could remember early, early on in our marriage, just feeling worthless as really kind of that domestic woman. I mean, you were more domestic than I was. You knew how to do more of the stuff in the home than I did. Well, I... <laughs> Okay, you did. I, I don't know if that's right. I tried to uh, whip cream with a drill and a fork okay, in well. the drill. So I <laughs> All right. Well, there were some things that you knew how to do that I felt, and I don't know what the correct term would be for a woman, but when when a woman overtakes a man in his role, he could feel emasculated. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's the flip of that for the female. Okay. But... Um, yeah, I don't know Anyways, either. I got to look up what that word is, if the word, if there is a word, but I remember you wanting to kind of take over in my areas because I was really insecure about it and I didn't know how to do it. And I'm like, back up. I got to learn this. I appreciate you wanting to help me, but I felt more insecure because here was this man who, who knew how to sew and he knew how to make these meals. And it's just like, okay, I need to learn how to boil water. You know, so my insecurities were huge, and yet I wanted, I wanted to do my roles well. So did I figure that out? You did. I mean, I I had to kind of, but I did say to you, "Hey, let me figure it out, and if I need help, I'll come to you." Okay. Okay. So I did kind of mark my territory. So can a guy do that to his wife? Can he say, "Hey, let, let me figure it he, out, and if I need help, I'll he, come to you"? He should. He should be able to say that to her, and she should be able to hear it because. The best thing a wife could do is look at the heart of her husband, okay? Because if I look at your heart, it helps me to understand more instead of just get all bent out of shape because what you're trying to do. I mean, you were just trying to help me, but I'm like, whoa, whoa, you're just like shining this like bright light on my insecurities and I know I'm not measuring up. And when I'm not measuring up, the last thing I want to do is stick my neck out and, and move forward knowing that I'm probably going to fail. Okay. So you got a list in front of you, don't you? Well, I I do. I want you to start. I want you to start on your list. To how how a wife could in, encourage her husband to yes. lead like Jesus. Yes. Well, she could certainly be praying that he's around other godly men. Uh, prayer uh, right now. Prayer is the first point of action. Right. That's the first thing she should do. Right. Is start praying for him. Right. I mean, I I'm I know you appreciated the few one or two godly women that were in my life at the time that you and I were dating. Right. Well, uh, here's, here's something that I really appreciate as well. When you would say to me, I'm praying for you. Okay. And you didn't say it like a condescending sort of, yeah, I'm praying for you that you won't be such a jerk. You know, you weren't saying that, (laughs) but I'm praying for you in, you know, your battles, you're going out and doing this and that I'm praying for you. Well, and it was encouraging. It was an encouraging word of, I'm praying for you. Well, and I think we, when we hear that, we don't feel so alone, A, for one, when you hear that I'm praying for you. 
you know, I try and say that to you. I try and say that to my sons. Right. And when people say that to me, I, I don't feel so alone. And then to have somebody say, yeah, you know what, Jolene, I'm, I'm concerned about your spiritual well-being, your spiritual well-growth. I mean, that that's a big deal. I mean, to just be concerned about somebody's spiritual well-being, that they say that, that they make that effort, that it's just like, oh, well, there's a wise woman or a wise man that's wanting to pour into you spiritually. Okay, right. so I'm assuming that this this husband is a believer and he does want to grow closer to Jesus because obviously if, you, if he's not a follower of Christ and, and he's hostile towards the gospel, you know, you'll know as a wife whether or not you could use those words with well, him. If he is, if he's not following the Lord or he's not on fire for the Lord, okay, then she needs to take a step back and just pray for that that fire pray for that that passion for mm-hmm. him she doesn't really need to worry about him leading at right. that point right because that's getting the cart before the horse right right i mean it goes back to winning him over first and and being that you know as a as a wife of influence a lot of it is just being that safe place for him to land and it's being a friend to him um, in his time of need, because we're all wounded. Every single one of us is wounded. We all have baggage. We all have scars. We all deal with rejection, betrayal. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, and I've said many times as I've written this stuff before that if a person is breathing, they have insecurities. Okay. Right. We we all have them. And so the last thing that a wife wants to do is point out his weaknesses, you point out a husband's weaknesses, you're going to be shut off from any emotional intimacy right. because he's not going to be sharing a thing. So the last thing you want to do is saying, well, you're not a very good leader. Right, right. And okay. I, I think if you ask any, any husband who has any ounce of humility, they would all raise their hands and say, yeah, you know, you're right. I'm not a very good leader. <laughs> because if you ask any wife with any amount of humility how good of a follower are you? I mean, we would all say, oh, yeah, on a scale of one to 10, I'm like a two. You know, on some days I might get to a three, but we all have a rebellious spirit that who who wants to be a follower, which is why Jesus says, follow me. I mean, he's got to get it through our thick skulls <laughs> that, you know what, I'm in charge over here and I need you to follow. But we want to buck that. So anyways, humility Humility could certainly be lacking in a lot of marriage relationships because pride pride is just one big bully and just wants to push it out, right out the door. So yeah. anyways, um, encourage him, you know, to be in the word. If he's in the word, I mean, it's just like, hey, what you read today, you know? Right. And another way, if let's say he's not, an easy, easy way to say is just, hey, I'd like to spend, you know, 10 minutes where you read the Bible to me. Mm-hmm. As the wife saying, you know, we don't need to, we don't need to study necessarily. Just, just read it to me. Right. And if something pops out, we can talk about it. But you know, that's an easy way for him to take the lead. Right. And and get into the word and lead his wife. It's interesting that you bring that up because I can remember doing some premarital counseling for a young couple. And she was raised in the church, grew up in a Christian home. And this young man that was the fiance, he didn't have a dad. He was raised by a single mom and he came to Christ, you know, pretty much like right when he met her, maybe a week after he met her. Maybe he came to Christ because of her. Right. You know, right. so obviously he was new in the Lord. And she would light up 
when we'd ask, you know, how was your week? You know, what was a win for you? She would just light up when her face would just be beaming when she would share with us that he took the lead to either pray with her or to just open up the Bible and, and read to her. And this was this young young bride-to-be that was thrilled to death over the fact that her fiancé, this young believer, you know, what did he know? I simple mean, actions. Simple and, action. And by the way, uh, I would encourage any gal to let him pray without criticizing how he prays either. Right. You know, right. I mean, you know, he may, he may not feel like he even knows how to pray. I mean, there are a lot of believers that don't want to pray out loud because they're afraid they don't know how to pray or they aren't going to sound very eloquent hey, or this or that. I've been walking with the Lord for over 20 years. I've been in Bible study after Bible study. I've led Bible studies. I've written Bible studies. I have a stinking podcast, and I still don't like to pray out loud because my prayers sound like like that of a fifth grader. Well, hey, the key to prayer, just talk to them. Right. Okay? Right. It shouldn't sound any different than you talk to someone else, obviously, uh, just with some reverence and such, but talk to them. Right. So sometimes we just need to get over ourselves as Christians and not kind of act like that Pharisee. I mean, don't act like a Pharisee of a wife if your husband is kind of stumbling around in his leadership role, because I'm sure I could look at myself and say, well, I kind of stumble around in my fellowship. I know that's not a word, but it is today, my fellowship (laughs) word. (laughs) You know, but that's what it goes back to is just like, if you want to have a stronger oneness and unity in your marriage, how are you treating him in his role as a leader? You know, are you just kind of beating him over the head saying you're not doing it good enough? Because that that's our tendency as wives is basically saying you're not measuring up. Right. And it's like, well, to whose standards? So I'd ask, I have to ask myself when I look at you and I think you're not measuring up, it's just like, well, who laid, who made me king? Well, I let me just put everything to rest and <laughs> I never measure up. Right. I, none of us are going we, to. We're, we're not going to. So, um, yeah, I and I could remember, too. As a young believer, when I would go to Bible study and I'd come back, and I, my one of my first Bible studies that I led, well, the very first Bible study that I led, I had a 21-month-old child and a two-week-old child, and I was asked to lead uh, a women's Bible study, and the book was on Revelation. Okay? <laughs> Are you stinking kidding me? I'm like, uh, yes, I, but I was thrilled to death. I'm like, yes, I want to do it. But that was overwhelming, and so I would come to you, and I would ask you, Hey, what does this mean? Hey, what does that mean? And so that naturally put you in a leadership position. You know, that's a great point because even if even if the wife knows more spiritually than her husband, there's nothing wrong with her going to him and saying, "Hey, I read this. What's your take on this verse? What's your take on this? What what are your thoughts about that?" And he's going to say, "Well, I think it's this, this, and this." Or, and you know, all she has to do is say, "Thank you, hun. I really appreciate that." Right. Right. I mean, there's, I never realized how, when I did that with you, that it, it naturally put you in a leadership position. So anytime I, I come across a wife today whose husband, she doesn't feel like he's spiritually leading. I'm like, well, do you have spiritual conversations with him? You know, because sometimes, sometimes we sit by the side and we wait for you guys to initiate the conversation. And I'm like, Psh, you know, that's not going to happen anytime soon. Right. You know. So feel free to initiate the conversation with your husband about maybe what you're learning or maybe what you don't understand, or maybe there was a, a message you heard on Sunday that's just like, what does that mean? And that doesn't mean that he's going to have all the answers. It just means that you guys are going to have a conversation. You're going to find out more of what 
what's happening in his heart, okay? Because I think a lot of times as Christian couples, we just get so busy and overwhelmed with doing life, daily life and daily responsibilities, that the spiritual aspect of it is set off to the side. But we still wear the label of Christian. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Um, Okay. Another time of prayer would be pray for the Lord to give him a desire to grow as that leader and that the leader of your family well because without the desire you're not going to get him to do anything right right there's it's got to be in his heart to be to want to lead i mean you can push him into some position but you know he's just gonna bail out or run away from that position unless he wants to be there right i can remember coaching this one wife her husband believed in god and right. I'm like, and so did the demons. Right. Okay. So we need to go a little bit further there. In essence, Jesus wasn't his Lord yet. Lordship was not there. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the husband was open. He was receptive to the gospel message. And they would go to some churches, church hop, because maybe they had moved out of the area. And so they're looking for churches. And she said he'd always seem agitated in the service. So she wanted to like not go back. And I'm like, so let me get oh, yeah, this straight. I remember that. I'm like, let me get this straight. So your husband is sick, but you don't want him to take his medicine. Because bottom line is he's being convicted. He's being convicted in these, in these, you know, church services. And she didn't want him feeling uncomfortable. Right. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We, we, we want that. Okay. I mean, there might be a gentler way a wife could do it. I said, one thing you could do is, because she said they like to watch sermons online and i said okay but you do need a local church every believer that's listening to this please listen closely you need a local church okay there's fabulous stuff online that you could watch feel free to do that keep doing that you can't have the interaction with god's people you need to be in a local body growing it's a living organism it's the body of christ you need god's people side by side face to face you need that hug you need somebody to look at you and give you that hug when you're filled with tears and you can't hold it back. You need God's people and you you need that interaction. Anyways, let me get off my soapbox. Um, so back to this woman. She said, we were watching, we watch a lot of sermons online. And I said, well, here's the, the path I would take. I would pull up a bunch of churches in your area, obviously make sure they're sound doctrine, see if there's any teaching videos online that the pastors have put up on their website. And I would say to your husband, hey, here's some in the area. Are there any of here, you know, why don't you watch, let's watch some of these, you know, because he feels a little bit more comfortable right. there. And then say, hey, which one was your favorite? Oh, you know, John Smith, he was my favorite. Great. What do you think about us going there on Sunday? Okay, so then that would encourage him to move forward. You, you've considered him. He feels like he's a part. He doesn't feel like you're mothering him. Well, and he made the choice. Right. Right. So, you know, it, it just kind of goes back to a lot of it is considering where your husband is at spiritually in this as well. Right. And the wife doesn't need to say, well, I don't want to go there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can't can't expect your husband to lead if you're not going to follow. Well, and that brings me to this one. Ask him questions about how he wants things to happen in the marriage and family. 
Because a lot of times we just are calling the shots 24-7. So uh, as wives, you're saying that you just have an idea of how things should be. Right. And if it's not going that way, then he's not leading. <laughs> right. But he actually could be leading, just right. not the way you think he should. Not the way you think he should. Or he might, you know, sometimes you'll process slower than me. Yeah. And usually that's most times. If we were taking a trip to New York or we were talking about it, you'd already be there and I, I wouldn't even know where you were. I, I'd be like, hey, well, let's let's plan on this in three months. You'd be there and back. Right. But I'm very slow to process stuff emotionally. Like when you'll say, how do you feel about this? What do you think about this? And it's just like, I'm not there yet. It's like I'm moving in slow motion and you're like, where's my wife? Why aren't you moving forward? It's because either I'm trying to figure out what are these emotions? How do I handle them? What? How do I decipher all this? And how do I make sure I could stand up in the midst of this emotional weight? So the flip side is when you ask your husband how he wants to do things, don't expect him to have an answer that second give him time to process. And the same goes when you're in the midst of maybe a a heated conversation, you guys are at odds, he's expecting you to respond. It's just like, he needs to give the wife an opportunity to process her emotions. Okay, it's, it's, again, it all goes back to consideration. Right. Okay. So that is some things you could do with with a, a husband who he didn't have those role models. Obviously, pray, pray for those role models. Pray that he has that desire to lead. And then the husband who's really insecure about his leadership abilities, which is every husband. But this one's been torn down. This one has been discouraged. He's been beat up by family, you know, friends, coworkers. And I'm not, and the wife is not a part of this. She, he's just had some bad people. Like he's had friends like Job's friends. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, we don't want to be like Job's wife who says, curse God and die. Okay. We're, we don't want to align ourselves with that. But Job had some bad friends. Just a simple question like this. Hun, what do you think we should do? How do you think we should handle this? Where do you think we should go? Spiritually, how do you want this right. to look? I mean, right. just, you know, a handful of questions can... It create just a huge change right in that situation. well and the and the insecure leader build them up how do you build them up i'm insecure build me up uh, speak highly speak highly of you in front of others that's a good one you know um this past sunday i was at church and i i sit down before eric he's off parking the car and i met this woman who he was new to the church and so we're chit-chatting and she's single, I'm married, and I said, and so she's asking me about getting married and how do you find the right guy? And I'm like, I got the best guy ever, you know? So I'm already, you know, talking up before you even show up. And then you start moving towards me and I stand up and I give you a hug and I said, this, this is the second best thing that's ever happened to me, okay? Jesus being number one. Of course. You know, so it's, how do you view your husband? Do you view him as a louse? or the second best thing that's ever happened to you. Because I'm sure on your wedding day, you were probably thinking pretty highly of him. And it's very easy for us as wives to, you know, start to see, oh, well, he he wasn't what I expected. You know, he's failing in these areas. And it's just like, but you can look in the mirror. I could look in the mirror and see how I have failed. Well, let's just face it. No one you marry, either husband or wife, is ever what you expected. I mean, you know, there are flaws that you didn't see before. Right, right. Um, if you have the tendency to lead, 
Yes. Okay. So if a wife has a tendency to lead, I'm not talking about a passive husband here, a passive personality. I'm just talking about this, this husband's been beat up. When I met you, you had been beat up. Okay. Yeah. You were discouraged, torn up, torn down, tossed aside like you were a piece of garbage. Okay. Well, you, uh, you helped change that, didn't you? Right. And I think every wife could help turn around how, how a, a husband views himself, whether it has come from his family, his parents, his coworkers. Well, we, we always talk about, you know, when we talk with couples, we always talk about the husband holding this flower in his hand. Does your wife blossom or wilt? And it's, it's pretty much the same on the other side. Does your husband rise up? Uh, because of the encouragement of his wife, or does he hang his head because of his wife? Well, and if the husband's not hanging his head, he's retreating because she's not a soft place. You know, he, he, he knows that, you know, he can't win. There's no, if I do this, she's not happy. If I do that, she's not happy. So it's a win. It's a lose, lose for him all the time. So why bother? Well, bottom line is if he takes any leadership in any area at any time, Mm-hmm. She needs to be happy with that. She and, needs to praise him. That's on my list. Is way to go, love. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for you know. We had one couple that we did some some marriage coaching for, and he's the one man was pretty laid back, and they told us a story at like Thanksgiving one year, and how the sister in law's dog was like snapping at their two year old, and and so I asked the wife, "Well, what'd your husband do?" <gasps> Oh, well, he stood up and basically said, this is my, this is my child. Your dog can't be like biting my child. And I'm like, and how did that make you feel about your husband? And she was just so proud. You would have thought that she just did her little peacock effect. (laughs) And I was watching her face and she was just like, that's my man. And I look over at him and now he's acting like the peacock. And it's just like that right there. You've just praised his leadership abilities and you let him know how much you appreciated him, you know, for standing up for your kid and taking care of you. And she goes, yeah. And I was so attracted to him at that point. Right. So praise his leadership when he does do it, because I'm sure in some way he is doing it. But sometimes we we're so busy that we don't see it. One thing that you do well is that at least on a weekly basis, you'll say to me, it's great being married to you. And it is great being married to you. I appreciate that. And and, you know, I mean, after 21 years, you still say that, which is amazing in itself, because I don't think it's great being married to me, but you you think it is, and that just helps me want to do better and, and fight harder for you. Well, I appreciate that. I think that if every wife had that mentality, because we saw the strengths. You, your husband is probably the same husband that, that, that they she married on her wedding day. I'm, I'm sure he's got the same personality unless he's just full-blown Jekyll and Hyde. And there are some nasty, bad husbands out there. But I don't believe that the majority of them are. I believe that most husbands, most Christian husbands are good men and they want to please their wives. You know, but they've been beat down by life. You know, disappointments have happened. We've had our share of disappointments. I had just recently, you know, come out of a four-month period where day and night I would just be in tears. Day and night. It's just like, I, my heart can't take this, you know? And so we go through the disappointments of life and it's really easy for us to look at our spouse and say, well, how come you're not doing this? Or how come you're not handling it this way? And, and so forth. It's just like, you know, they're a human being just like how we are. And we could either be at odds with them 
or we could try and weather the storm together and, and look at e each other's strengths. I appreciate it when you look at my strengths and not my weaknesses. You know, I appreciate the fact that you see the good because the flaws are there. We all have them. I don't see any of them. Well, right, because we try and blind ourselves from that because we were blinded from it at the beginning that it's just like, why go through marriage with the constant magnifying glass of looking at their weaknesses? Well, and I've always said, you, you know what I've always said about my success, right? I do, yeah. The only time in my life ever that I've been successful is because of you, because of your encouragement, because of your help, because of being married to you. If it wasn't for you, I'd be living in a box someplace or in a van down by the river because it just, I, I wouldn't have that encouragement and I wouldn't have that support. And, and you know, and you look at me and say, oh, you'd be a success anyway. I, I don't see it at all ever without you. Well, I think it just comes down to the person that is closest to you is the one who sees the good and believes in you. I mean, imagine, I mean, when I, I was at Bible study uh, just last week, and it's, you know, the fall, and so it's new, Bible study's all new, you meet all new people, and I get the, the icebreaker question, we all get those questions, and and what, mine was, what makes for a good friend, okay? And so, I had already heard three other women with the same question, right. and so my response was, yes, I agree with all theirs, you know, loyalty and and encouragement, but I went deeper because based on what I do, I mean, I do, I, I run an online ministry. What makes a good friend? For me to have a friend who is supportive, a friend that will stand by my side and believe in me. Because for me, this ministry that God has called me to, it's not a rainbow and sunshine and unicorns and balloons type of ministry, okay? I have a lot of hurting wives, and hurting wives sometimes equal angry wives. Okay, right. so I get those emails, and it's just like, oh gosh, you know, Lord, could you have called me somewhere else, maybe to the worship team, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because that the reception there is a little nicer, you know, they'll they'll receive you a little bit more because you're praising Jesus, you know. So, anyways, to me, it was to have a supportive friend. And I'm looking at the position that God's put me in and where he's called me that's just like, this This mission field is too big, it's too overwhelming, and I can't do this. And so then I look at you, the husband, who's called to lead, and it's just like, you have to protect, provide, shield, do all these things that I'm like, what can I do to support you? Well, one of the hugest things is just thank me. Thank oh. you. When you say to your husband, thank you for leading us, thank you for providing for us, right. you're... I, you're a great leader. Right. I mean, you tell a guy that, what does he want to do? Be he wants better, to be, be a, a great leader. leader. Right. right, right. So, you know, for the insecure husband, the, the other thing is also ask him questions. How does he want things to happen? You right. Know? Hun, how do you how do you think we should do this? Where do you think we should go? How do you think? It doesn't mean that the wife doesn't have any say. Right. But if she considers her husband and says, hey, what do you think we should do in this situation? He might say, well, I think we should do X. Right. And she goes, okay. I was thinking about Y, but X, that's not a bad idea. You know, and at least you're considering him, giving him the opportunity to to lead and to, to throw out where he thinks you should go and how you should do it and that sort of thing. Right. It, especially this, this husband who didn't have the examples and he's, you know, extremely insecure about his position 
And, you know, it's, it's hard to overcome some of that. And I know for me, when I was that young wife, to have you believe in me that, you know, just follow Jesus and you're, you're going to learn and, okay, go, go to those Bible studies, go meet those godly women. Here's something else. When he screws up, don't pile on. Yeah. Okay. So, so when he takes the wrong way to someplace and gets lost, okay, don't say, well, I told you, you should have gone the other way. Right. Instead, you say, it's okay. It just gave us more time to be together. Right. What I do with you now, you know, after 21 years of marriage, because we'll get to talking. Give up the secret. I want to know. <laughs> I'll ask you. Kind of like, because I just know we're going to get busy talking. And because I'm like this with my girlfriend as well. With my girlfriend and I always get lost because we're busy talking. And, and this was long before we had phones with GPSs and so forth. But I say to you, do you want me to tell you, hey, if you're the exits this way? or Because I tend to miss exits when we're talking. Yes. And I just kind of know, hey, <laughs> yeah, I don't need that. to get on your case. And who cares if we're late? I mean, we're right. already married. It's not like we're going to our wedding. So right. there's really nothing. I'm not in such a hurry, although I'm a, an intense gal and I don't like to be late, but I'm not going to pitch a fit and get on your case and tear down my marriage because you got lost and we're five minutes late. I, I just refuse to do that. Well, because the relationship is more important. Yeah, relationship is more important. So, but I will say to you, do you want me to tell you, you know, that to turn here, to turn there? Which, again, puts me in a position of considering you, you're still leading, and I'm not mothering. Right. So I'm giving you that choice. Because, because you're asking me, in essence, permission to help me. Right. Versus, hey, you're screwing this up, and right. I need to mother you and tell you how right, to do it. Right, So, But that's after years and years of marriage, and you kind of know each other's MO, and you know, early you, on in you, marriage, you I didn't know really that. You know that I miss off-ramps all the time whenever we're talking. Yeah, kind of. I mean, and I learned early on before we even got married that you missed the off ramp because we were talking and then you blamed me. Right. And I'm like, that what is that? <laughs> and I just sat there. I just sat there like I didn't say anything. I to did you. apologize you afterwards. Did. Didn't yeah, I? you did. But, you know, again, study, study your spouse. I mean, if this is an area where they're not strong in it. OK, be be sensitive. And I think that that would be the key to helping and encouraging your husband to lead like Jesus when he hasn't had these these role models because the expectations that a wife may have in this could really just destroy him. Well, if you consider if you consider taking in a rescue dog that's been kicked. Right. Okay. How do you how do you bring the life out of that dog? You don't do it by yelling at it no. and you don't do it by like shooing it with a with a broom or something, right? Right. You entice it. You you give it praise and food. Well, and, there's nurturing there. Right, nurturing. You know, and there's that's a, a good word. There's nurturing. you're a safe spot. So be the wife that's a safe spot to this husband and and believe in him. You know. So those are my thoughts. They are excellent thoughts. Thanks, love. I'm Eric Engel. And I'm Jolene Engel, and you can find me at jolaneengel.com. Until next time, embrace your choice. <laughs>